Hello, Podcast Village. Welcome to Colorblind, Race Across Generations. I'm your host, Vanessa Eccles, along with producer Ashley. Today, we're talking about the social media reaction to George Floyd's murder, the protests, and basically just all the reaction we've seen in the last few weeks. I wanted to do this episode because of a Facebook post from a woman here in Orlando who really just spoke so eloquently from her heart about all of the issues from the view of a white woman married to a black man, and they have a truly multicultural and multiracial family. So here's our conversation with Betsy Bell. So Betsy, thanks so much for joining us. I wanted to talk to you after I read your post on Facebook. And as I mentioned, you covered everything just so eloquently and you could tell it was from your heart. But let's start by telling me, um, how did you meet Rashad? Yeah, so I met Rashad after I came down. I graduated from NC State in North Carolina and I came down to Orlando and I met him within the first two weeks. Um, I actually met him in church um, and got to know his sister a little bit before him. Um, and then just that's where, that's where it all happened. <laughs> and you two have been married for how long? For 16 years. And the first time I met him was at a charity event with the foundation for foster children that you worked with him for many years. And I think the first thing I said to him was you are really tall and you guys got a lot of kids. So, <laughs> so give me the, uh, the range of the kids here now. Yes, our kids are, um, our two boys are five and seven, and our girls are nine, nope, our girls are 10 <laughs> and 12 and 22 and 23. So six children. Yes. So this is uh, a really multiracial family. You are mm-hmm. white, your husband is black, and the children are what ethnic? Because they're biracial and... Adopted, yes. So we have our four littlest ones are our biological children, um, and then our um, second oldest daughter is also um, half black, half white, and then our oldest daughter is Haitian. So that truly is a multi-ethnic, multiracial family. Yes. I want to ask. We have a son in love too, and I don't want to leave him. Oh, out. that's right. Oh, and that's right. Yes, and he's also Haitian, and then we have a grandchild. Um, So we are very, very blessed. (laughs) Family has grown. Yes. I want to really just go through some of the things that you mentioned in your Facebook post. Mm -hmm. I was very intrigued by how you started it. You said, my post is more delayed than some would have hoped for, including my older kids who are disappointed that I haven't said anything before today. Tell me about that. Yeah. Um, Well, we, we, don't often do um, trips as a family, um, but we had had it headed up to Tennessee to the mountains and all of us, um, including the five month old in a van for 11 hour road trip. And so it was, and we call them memory making experiences because if you have kids, you know that it's not really a vacation usually <laughs> if you have them. And so we go and our, our goal is really just to make more good memories than bad, knowing that we'll have some of both. Um, but of course leaving, there was a lot of, um, tension and the rioting had just started. And of course I, I learned from my 22 year old about, um, the 408 and all of that before I ever heard about it anywhere else. Um, and that was the day we were leaving, um, or the night before we were leaving. And so it, it left 
we left in the midst of that. And so there's always for me when I go on vacation or on a trip, I always, I do try and unplug and I try not to um, be on a lot of media and just really try and focus and be present. And of course that was a little more challenging this time around. Um, and so my, my older ones were definitely still, of course, very plugged in and very much watching social media. And I was, I was watching it, but not nearly like them. And so, um, so it's, it was just challenging for me and I, and I wanted to really be thoughtful in my response and I knew I would make some kind of a response. I'm not a huge poster on social media, um, because I'm usually pretty private and, and I, I don't feel like I usually have something to say. <laughs> so, um, I was just, you know, I, I, we had discussions within the household, um, and those were hard. Um, and even Rashad and I had conversations that we've never had, um, in our 16 years of marriage, um, just in, in thinking about things we hadn't really thought about before. So they were a little frustrated, like, you know, blackout Tuesday <laughs> and mom, where, why didn't you post anything? And, and so they were a little frustrated with that. And so, um, but I really, I just felt like I had so much that I was trying to process myself and trying to figure out how I'm also going to talk to my little ones and talk to them. And so I just, um, I, I waited. And so when we drove home, I had a lot of time and I was taking down notes of things I was thinking about throughout the trip, but didn't really have time to really pour into that. And so that's why it was a little more delayed, but they were very passionate and they were very much like, Hey, when you do post, do you know how many people remark on that and how many people like it and how many people comment? Like you can't say nothing. And mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not going to say nothing. <laughs> I just <laughs> needed time to pull it together. Um, and I, and I also said, I, I hope this is not, I mean, this, this is a marathon and this isn't like, if I don't post today, it's going to be done. Like, this is a, a lifelong, this is a long journey. And so, um, you know, my hope is that this isn't just something that's here today and gone tomorrow. This is a conversation. So I felt like it was worth me taking the time to really say it, say it well. So I want to ask you about something that happened even the night before you left for the trip. And you talked about that, that the daughters were stopped by police. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. Yeah. So I, we're, we usually leave in the middle of the night because we have little ones and we want them to sleep for at least a good portion of the road trip. <laughs> and so, um, my daughter and her, um, husband were going to arrive, um, in the, around one or two. And the hope was to be on the road at two 30. Um, and so my other daughter who had worked all day long and then went home and packed, um, was going to get here around two, two 30 and got a call from her around 2.15 saying she had been pulled over. And so she had told me about everything that was going on downtown and that just, I mean, it always scares me regardless. Um, it's just a, it's a, it's a hard, a hard thing. And we've had the talk with, with all of my kids now, um, but had with the, the older kids already. And so, um, you know, I just remind her like, take deep breaths, stay calm, just, you know, she knows what to do. Um, and so, but it really made me much more anxious and worried for her. Um, and then she hung up. She was like, I've got to go. And then I didn't hear from her for like half an hour. Um, and so, you know, every situation is running through my mind. And um, so eventually she got here around three o'clock in the morning and, and we hit the road, but it, you know, Every, every one of those is scary. And my, my other daughter is, she's small, like five, three, and she's 
been pulled over and, and asked to get out of the car. I've never been asked to get out of the car in my whole life. Um, and, and, and so it's, it's just, it's a scary thing and it's something that I don't like to think about, but that's a reality. And so, um, so yeah, that was how the trip started. And you mentioned that your son in love mm-hmm. went for a walk mm-hmm. and you were thinking, you hope no one called the police to report a suspicious black man in the neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, so I wake up and I go out and, and I just see my daughter and I know my son-in-law is here somewhere. And I open, I heard this little knock and, and I opened it and I was like, what are you doing? He said, I couldn't sleep. I was just going to, you know, walk around until everybody woke up. And I was like, no, you can't, you can't do that. <laughs> like, I mean, and, and that's not just a racial thing. Like I think any man walking around a neighborhood in the middle of the night might cause suspicion. Right. But I think, um, being white, he would have the opportunity to explain and go, Oh, I'm, and they would go, Oh, oh Yeah. But I don't feel confident always, depending on who it is, um, that he would have that same opportunity. Um, and so I was just grateful that nobody had, had called um, about anything because, yeah. So you take the road trip and you say that on the road trip, even when you stop for a restroom break, that you assess and evaluate the area. Mm-hmm. And you said, I know my skin color can be helpful to disarm a possible threat. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? It's, I mean, it has to do with the privilege that we have as, as white people that we just are given and it's not nothing earned, but it's like this, um, almost like, a, oh, you're safe. Uh, you're a white person. I don't have to worry. I'm not threatened by you. And sometimes, and right or wrong, it's just, and, I, and I'll say this over and over again, like I'm in a constant state of learning. And just because I have a black family doesn't give me a pass to say, I don't have any work to do myself because I think we all do. Um, and so I think sometimes I just think, well, as long as they can see that they're with me, then I feel like I'm protecting them a little bit more, or I'm, I'm making it seem less that they might be less threatening. I don't know, especially when we're going up to, I mean, it can happen anywhere, but rural parts are a little more scary. And we do have to look at where are we stopping and, um, you know, and, and yeah. And COVID makes it harder too. Like when people say, oh, we don't have restrooms, they're not open. I, I, I believe, I want to believe it's because COVID and, you know, and I think that's the case. But then sometimes I even question that. <laughs> I, I get it. And so you talked about being on the trip and you went on a hike mm-hmm. and you were there with your husband mm-hmm. and the son in love. Mm-hmm. And you were thinking this could get dicey for them if you weren't there. Yeah, I don't think about that often. But as we're walking through the woods, my husband's 6'5". Um, you know, we're walking and, you know, they've got their hiking stick. I mean, obviously we're hiking, we're going through the mountain. <laughs> um, and, but I just have this thought of like, well, especially once we get from the mountain and down towards the road, like we're walking on the road and I just have this thought, like, I'm glad I'm here because two black men walking on this rural road looks different. Um, I mean, it could be a whole nother thing of, well, and with the white woman, that could, that could be a whole different situation too. <laughs> but I just felt like, I'm glad that I'm here. Um, and, and then I'm, and then that makes me angry. Like I, that I have, that I'm thinking that even, and that that's, that's a reality sometimes. And, and so it's always like this conflict of like, when I'm, 
really paying attention to the thoughts that are going on in my mind and then going, but that's not right. That's not like, why? That's not okay. I was struck by something else in your post because you talked about your husband being 6'5". And as I said, when I first told him, I'm like, you are really tall. Um, you said it's almost subconscious for him to disarm people's anxiety towards him. What did you mean by that? Mm-hmm. Well, and um, he, he brought it up when he first started wearing a mask um, to go to the grocery store. Um, and because he, he he's very um, extrovert, he loves people. And so his big smile always, like he's just... Wherever he goes, he's like the mayor of wherever we are. Um, He makes friends if he doesn't have any, or he just knows everybody. And so um, that's part of his personality. But as we are talking and and thinking about that, like when he was wearing a mask, he said he could feel how people were looking differently at him because he couldn't disarm them with his big smile. It wasn't so quick um, for people who didn't know him. And I mean, he's a a big guy and he's got big muscles. (laughs) Um, And so that's, I mean, that's somewhat natural. Um, but we also, we were, we were just having this conversation and, and walking and, you know, he's very positive. He loves to encourage people. He loves to find friends, make friends. He loves awkwardness. Um, so he'll, you know, if someone's looking at him kind of weird, he'll just like get right in their face and like smile and make it like, Hey, and, and so, um, but he does even subconsciously, I think more he's, he's always on to um, make sure that people know that he's friendly and that he's um, not a threat. So he'll wear a lot of very positive message t-shirts, especially with masks, because then at least they can read something positive on the shirt. Um, and so I, it's not a bad thing, but again, it's one of those things that you just wish that that wasn't a thing. Um, and it, it can feel very, um, it's that tired of, you know, of just always needing to be on. Um, also in your post, you said, as a white race, let's stop saying we don't see color. And that's such a big issue because people think that that will show, hey, I'm not racist. I don't see color. Mm-hmm. And you said that's a, that's a false narrative. Yes. And I think, I don't know if it was. I want to say that that was a thing like 10, 20 years ago. <laughs> um, and so that's kind of what we were taught to think like, okay, we're just not going to see color. We're going to be everybody's okay but that's i mean it's like saying that you don't see gender like you see it it's it's just the the real piece of that is what do you associate with that what are the thoughts that you're thinking when you see um skin color or when you see someone dressed a certain way it's all the prejudgments that we all have no matter what color we are and just being aware of those things um and 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 checking yourself and seeing and and learning um, you know, there's a lot of, it's, a lot of this is very generational and, and we're taught things. And so, and some of it, we don't even recognize that we has been passed down. Um, and so those natural, um, those things that come to mind when we're seeing someone or meeting someone and all the judgments that we, I mean, they say it takes 10 seconds to figure out or whatever, really short period of time to try and to figure out and in your head, think, you know, some, who someone is. When you hear the term Black Lives Matter as a white mother of Black children and biracial children, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I've kind of wrestled with that a little bit. And, and I'm, I'm always, again, I feel like I'm always learning and reading. And um, I, I, as, a, as a white person, I think I don't want to think that we have to say Black Lives Matter because 
all lives should matter, right? Like I, I mean, we, we are, um, you know, we love the Lord. We, um, are people who live by strong faith and we don't want to think that there's a need to even say that, but in a time like right now to say black lives matter, it doesn't compete with any other lives. We're not saying black lives matter. So cop lives don't matter or so white lives don't matter. It's not an exclusive trying to say this is more important because that's the whole problem. That's the whole reason we have a lot of the issues we have is people think that they're better than or that they're in a different place or um, an elevated level. So we're not saying that one race is more important, um, but in a time like that, like this, we need to, to say, um, we need to bring awareness to what reality is. And so just because like, if I say, tell my daughter, I love you, it doesn't mean I don't love my other daughter or my son. I can, I can do all of them. I can think all of them are important, but sometimes it is important to be specific. Um, and, and my kids are black. I mean, they're in, interracial, but the world will want to label them and they will label them black and, and they can choose, um, what they tell people that they are as far as you know their identity but the world will always want to find a quick label and figure out what are you and um and so yeah so all those that affects my family like their lives do matter and they are considered black and and you know i think we we as white people can use this privilege that we have um for good and, and we can speak up and be a voice to say, no, this is important. Like it's, it's hard. Um, I've, I've had some good conversations with people since I had my post and um, some hard ones too, which are good. Um, but that we can really, um, we can be a force for good. And we don't want to think that these hap things happen. And, and Rashad and I, for ever since we were dating, we always said, we're gonna, if we look for people to judge us and we look for racism, we'll find it. Like if you're mm -hmm. looking, you'll find what you're looking for. So we've always said, we're not even, we're not looking for that. And we normally don't find it when, but that also makes it so, the small things, we just kind of go, whatever, like they're just ignorant or they're just whatever. Um, and I think as, um, especially people of my generation, I think we, we like to think that we're, we're good. Like we're so much better than we were 20 years ago, mm -hmm. 40 years ago, 60 years ago. And, and that's where we had some good conversation with my older girls. Um, because they're so offended that I would think, well, we're better than we were because it's like, but we're not okay. Like this is not okay. And mm -hmm. so it's like this, this, we have a lot to celebrate. Um, but it also, we have a long way to go and, but you don't want to think that you don't want to think that. And when I have a lot of people reach out and say, but I know Rashad, like, why would everyone ever? And I'm like, that's exactly it. Like, yes, you know him. So now it feels different, but like this happens every day to so many people. <laughs> um, and, and it's just not okay. What kind of reaction did you receive from your Facebook post? Because you really just put it all out there. You, I don't think you held anything back. What reaction did you get? I mean, it was, I didn't get any negative. Nobody sent anything negative, which I was, I mean, that's good. I think they just didn't say anything. <laughs> they <were thinking laughs> um, there, maybe there's a lot of peer pressure because it was overwhelmingly very positive. And, and a lot of people saying, you know, I never really had thought about 
or really appreciated the perspective um, because I don't usually talk about it, you know? And so um, it was a good platform to be able to talk about some things and some um, moms who said, you know, tell me more, like keep, keep explaining, keep telling me about what I don't know. Um, and I, and I say, well, don't learn from me. <laughs> like, I'll tell you what I know, but you need to listen to people who, who are black and brown and who are, um, you know, authors and speakers and pastors. And those are the people, there's plenty of resources out there. Um, it's easy to kind of put the burden on your one black friend. <laughs> to tell you. mm -hmm. And it's like, that's not who has to be the total part. resource. Right. Like I have this one black friend. So therefore <laughs> you must be the resource for me for everything I need to know. Yes. Yes. But it is good. It's good. Like I saw something, um, recently about, because I, I am having a problem, a hard time with some people who, you know, are in my circle of Facebook world, um, and things that they post. And I'm like, Oh, did you, he didn't need to post that. Like, and, and I think a good rule, I think for my white brothers and sisters is if you're going to post something about this, um, check in with your African-American friend and just make sure it's good. And if you don't have any African-American friends, then it's probably not time for you to say anything. <laughs> you probably should just like sit back and listen and become a student. Like you don't really have a, a place to speak. <laughs> um, and so that's, I think that's been one of the most frustrating things, but I have had some really great conversations and, and the overall response to the post was very, very positive. Um, and very much people saying, I never really thought about that. And I, and I want, I want to be better. I want to know better. Earlier in the conversation, you mentioned that because of everything that's happened over the past couple of weeks that you and Rashad have had some interesting conversations. Can you tell us anything about those? Yeah, I think um, I think some of that is where we got some of the like just even the um, like wearing the positive messages. I think that was something he didn't really even think about until we started talking about that. Um, we thought back to or I thought back to the time you know we lived in Windermere in this nice neighborhood, <laughs> and and you know people you know some guys yelling the n word out the window and you know and those are the things that we never really have talked about or thought about since then. And, and I think um, the other thing is really like how the conversations around how we're gonna talk to our kids um, at all their different ages and what's appropriate and, and what they've already seen um, on the news and, and really trying to um, meet them where they're at. And I think it's good. It's definitely conversations that I didn't think I would have for some of them this young. Like I knew I would need to have some conversations, but I was not, not really wanting to have them at this age, but it's, it's a reality and they're going to go back to school. We hope um, in the fall <laughs> and you know, and that's my, my 12 year old's kind of like, well, what do I do? Or what do I say? How can I make a difference? I don't know anybody important. What am I going to do? And, you know, just trying to give her some language um, to, to talk to her friends and to, you know, just be able to be um, someone that's safe for them to talk to and, and talk about things. And so for the younger boys, when it comes to having what we all know now is the talk, mm -hmm. how as a white mother do you approach that? Or do you say, okay, Rashad, it's your turn? Yeah, no, we, we <laughs> do it together for sure. Um, I mean, we talked about the N word and, mm. and that's, you know, and, and they, it was interesting though, because our, our, you know, our, our middle school, um, 
she knew it more as a slang word, um, not she had heard that word as a slang word, not understanding um, the um, the hatred behind it. I mean, she knew it wasn't a good word, um, but but so that was interesting. So we talked about that, and 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 the other thing too that I think about because my my boys um, and you know, hair is always a thing that you know. There's um, a whole culture and and learning different textures and how to do it, and um, and my boys happen to have. Uh, much finer hair and curls um and so they my girls i think are they have much coarser hair and so they're probably labeled quicker um you're black with the boys there might be like hmm what, what are, what are you, you? Mm -hmm. um and so but like my my nephew came over recently and he's seven he's two weeks different age from my my son and just looking at them and you know it's it's he's African-American and looking at both of them and just being, my heart just hurt thinking about that people are going to look at him differently than they'll even look at my son. And that at a younger age, he's going to look um, more threatening than my son would look just because that's, you know, that's how our culture is. Our community right now is. And that, that just made me sad. I'm like, that's just not, that's not fair. It's not okay. So I want to ask you in closing, the question that we ask our guests often, and it's kind of a, it's not really a question, it's a fill in the blank, but it's, um, you know, what do you wish someone had told you about race earlier in your life? You know, so when it comes to race, I wish someone had told me what? Hmm. It's a great question. I think, well, I don't know. That's it's not an easy one to answer. For me, I think right now, I, I guess I wish that I would have had my eyes more open to what still needs to be done um, and the work that still needs to be done. And at the same time, um, my my parents were, you know, just said, you, "You're going to have a hard life." Like hmm. when we were together, and and they came from a very different place of uh, in a very different generation and different upbringing and so um theirs was more kind of fear and concern and i was like no like that's so old that's there's no problems like we're good and we're in orlando it's like so multicultural we'll never and and so i don't know if i wish someone would have said but it was just this kind of idea of we're past the really big stuff um and and i think that there's a lot to celebrate of how far um, black and brown people have come in being um, respected and part of our community. But I think we just have so much, we have more to go. And I think that's where a lot of um, white people don't get it um, and just think, what do you mean? Like, there's all the same opportunities. There's all you can go. Like, we all can do the same things. Like, what are you talking about? And I think that's, that's something that um, is more, is newer, I think, um, as people are understanding kind of the complexity of it and just that it's complicated and, and, you know, and at the end of the day, really that, that the gospel and that God's, God didn't create us to have this division. And, and, and so that's, I think at the end of the day, that's where we really find solutions. And yet we need to talk about race and we need to talk about racism and it is a heart issue and it is a sin 
And it is all of those things, but we also, I feel like, should be talking very specifically because we can't just gloss over it as, oh, that's just, you know, that's just a sinful heart, sinful nature, um, which yes, that's a given, but there's also like um, wisdom. And I think it, we, there's, there's justice that needs to happen and understanding that needs to happen as we move forward. So I hope everyone will go and read her Facebook post. We'll post the link there in the show notes. Uh, so what did you guys think? Um, well, I was going to say, just to add on, the reason why I kind of asked my question at the end is because I literally just had a conversation recently with somebody about that idea of the onus seems like it's often on Black people to be the educators and to be the ones who kind of try to help instruct white people about, you know, the do's and the don'ts or, you know, various things in terms of systemic racism and all of that. And I, I'm hopeful that at this point in time, more white people are taking it upon themselves to educate themselves. There's so many resources, there's so much availability, there's so much information um, out there that I would hope that it would not, the responsibility would not continue to just fall on black people to be the ones to provide that info. So hopefully that's something that people get out of even Betsy's discussion, especially if you are in a mixed race situation or you do have black children that you're attempting to raise because, you know, at the end of the day, <clears throat> society and everybody else, we're, we're still trying to make a lot of advances. So. Well, I hope everyone will be educated by reading Betsy's post. You can find it on Facebook at commission 127 and it's a post she did on June 7th. So again, that's uh just search for Commission 127 on Facebook, June 7th. So thank you all for joining us for Colorblind Race Across Generations. As we say, this is a safe space to talk about race with an open mind and an open heart. So keep talking. Until next time, I'm your host, Vanessa Eccles. See ya.